What's up, Charleston? This is the Healthy Charleston Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Eve Gigi, where we talk all things health-related. We're going to talk about all sorts of health information, as well as, hopefully, clear up all sorts of terrible health misinformation. What's up, Charleston? This is the Healthy Charleston Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Eve Gigi, where we talk all things health-related. We're going to talk about all sorts of health information, as well as hopefully clear up all sorts of terrible health misinformation. Today, we have the pleasure, the honor of Miss Angel Roberts from Peace Love Hip Hop came here, walked Maybe you rode her bike here. I'm not sure. It's pretty close uh, yes. to join us. Yes. How are you? I'm awesome. Thank you for having me. Yes. I'm really excited because we've known each other for years now, which is we cool. Have. But I love these podcasts because I get to dig into things that you just, that don't come up in casual conversation. Like, yes. You know, where did peace, love, hip hop start? How did it evolve to what it is today? How did you even get started with your dance career, you know, you have CrossFit sprinkled in there. Just a lot of things that I think I'm excited to dig into. So, well, I always like to reverse it all the way back. You know, when did you become interested in dance, in movement or health or, you know, fitness in general? So, um, dance has been a part of my life um, since the very beginning. My mom is a dance instructor and she opened a dance studio when I was four. And so I really didn't know anything different. So I would um, come to my mom's dance studio after school and she had a little room in the back, kind of like you have over here for Holland, but mm-hmm. she had a little room in the back and my brother and I would set up and do it, do our homework, but I would dance. Um, and I was that kid that wanted to take every single class. Um, so I wanted to take class in the back with the teenagers. I wanted to take class with you know the boys I wanted to take class with everybody and so my mom would just kind of let me stand in the back and just take every single class that I could and I was taking you know tap jazz ballet baton tumbling like everything that that she would possibly let me take um and And those were all in the in the studio we had all those kinds of classes we did we did we had and it was a very traditional studio but back then you know, in the eighties or late seventies, eighties, um, you know, there was, there was not really hip hop. I mean, it was just a street dance. It wasn't something that you taught in a traditional studio. So we, she taught tap jazz, um, acro ballet and, um, you know, she would sprinkle in some baton and some, some clogging. If she found a good (laughs) clogging teacher, she would, you know, and I literally, I took everything and I loved everything. And I was in every single class. So, you know, come recital time, performance time, I was in like, you know, 22 numbers or something ridiculous. But, um, but I loved it. And I just grew up in a studio and I went there every single day after school. And we stayed there from, you know, 3.30 till probably 9.30 at night. And we would, you know, eat there and yeah, but, but, but it was an awesome way to grow up. And it was an, it was awesome to see, my parents in action and my dad would, you know, he worked in the furniture business, but when he got off at, you know, six o'clock, he would come over to the studio and help her do repairs and whatever needed to be done. I mean, which always happens when you own your own business, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so he would, you know, lay the dance floor. He would do all that, you know, put up the mirrors, everything that needed to be done. So for me, it was just, you know, I loved watching, 
my parents work and I got, you know, it was just so many lessons daily that I got to see them do stuff. I didn't know it was, I didn't know I was learning then, but I was learning, you know, yeah. were you like, I'm just picturing this and you can tell me if I'm totally off base, but I just picture like dance class kind of happening and four year old angel in the back, just kind of trying to mimic and follow. Or are you like literally in the middle of the class? For, no, you know, it, not when it wasn't my class, but you know, and I was probably six I was five or six when she started her studio um so I wasn't too tiny tiny and like you know I was I could keep up like I was good you know so I could keep up and um so yes I was mostly in the middle when it was like my age group but it was you know when I was taking like with the high school kids I would just kind of like take in the back and mimic and try and do what they did yeah Yeah, and you did all different kinds you think that was a huge advantage just getting exposed to Six, ten, I mean, you named a lot of them. I don't know all the different kinds of dance. but Abs- Absolutely, um, for sure. I mean, so many foundations and, and so, and, you know, kind of everything that led me to where I am today. Yeah. For sure. But, um, but once I figured out what hip hop was, once I found it and once it was like, you know, I loved other, I liked other forms of dance, but it was, you know. No, I just never fell in love. Like I never wanted to be a ballerina. I knew, you know, I never really wanted to be a tapper. I mean, I loved jazz because it was a lot, it was a lot, you know, it was more funky and the music was better. It really, for me, was about the music, you know? Sure. And so um, then I found hip hop after I went and saw the movie Breakin'. What movie? Breaking. Breaking. I don't even know that. Movie. You don't know that movie no. with Ozone and Turbo. <laughs> I'm gonna put it on my list and I'll Literally link to it. Literally life changing. It okay. was about like this jazz dancer that met up with these two street dancers and they like formed like this dance crew. It was literally incredible. Is that Amazing. an 80s movie? I'm assuming. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Maybe I've maybe seen late it. 70s. Okay. Early 80s. Early okay. 80s. But, um, you know, and then the door to hip hop started to, to open up just a little bit. And of course I was experimenting with it and trying to get bits and pieces of it in an, in an age where you didn't have YouTube or Insta or whatever. You had like Star Search. Wow. Yep. Right. What was the name of that guy who, oh, it's going to kill me. Not Ed McMahon. No, it wasn't Ed McMahon. Star Search was, a. Uh, I want to say Phil Donahue, but I no, know that's wrong. No, it wasn't Phil Donahue. I'll think of it in a second. But, <laughs> but that's what you, you know, that's what you kind of um, watched. Were there music videos? MTV was a thing? Not MTV even... was huge. Remember MTV used to um, do like um, Saturday night videos and they yep. would do like all video, you know, but but yeah, oh sure. MTV, MTV and Star Search were like the two big things that you could see dance. I mean, there yep. were a few other shows that had dance on it, but you kind of had to just sort of develop your own, you know, and style. And hip-hop wasn't a thing. I mean, you, you you know, we're, I don't know if we're spoiled or, like, how you can say that, but, like, hip-hop's is a fairly new Very. Thing, it's right? very, it's 70s, yeah, in the right. 70s in, in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people think, oh, it's been around forever, like, mm-hmm. not necessarily. No, you know what uh-uh, I mean? Like, MTV uh-uh. raps and, you know, not to be, like, but Soul Train, like, all those things I remember is, like, when I first was exposed For to sure, anything Soul Train. Yeah. that was, like, hip-hop or rap related or whatever you know what I mean so Mm -hmm. that's just interesting to think about so okay so you you finally find your muse and I didn't find that until high school okay Um, and so then I would you know I was a cheerleader because you could be a cheerleader and take dance like us growing up we could do lots of things Mm -hmm. because you know nothing took 
five days a week. Right. You did this one day and you did this another day. And so I was a cheerleader too. So I was choreographing like, you know, hip hop routines to like JJ fad and LL cool J uh-huh. and you know that, you know, I was choreographing all these routines, what I thought was hip hop and sort of creating my own movement. And then how did you become it, Like, how did you jump right into choreograph? I guess you just were the one well, who was exposed I always, to it the yeah, most. I mean, I knew how to choreograph and yeah. I knew how to teach dance. You know, I started teaching my own dance classes when I was like 12 and 13. Oh, crap. Okay. So yeah. I was teaching class. Like I've been literally teaching dance classes for, you know, three quarters of my life. So I knew how to run a class. I knew how to teach. I knew how to choreograph. I knew how to count music. I knew I had all that um, in me. And so it was just sort of taking a different, um, a different genre of music and, you know, taking the bits and pieces that I could just like hang on to from again, like MTV and places like that, or, you know, or a concert. If I got to go to like a Janet Jackson concert or something, you know, back then, like, or, you know, and Michael Jackson and Janet Jackson were huge, huge influences, like, you know, watching the American music awards and watching Michael Jackson moonwalk across the stage for the first time, Mm -hmm. like was unbelievable. And, you know, his style of dance was, you know, just stuff like that and trying to grab bits and pieces of it. So that takes an expert skill level to be able to take those things and apply it to something like cheerleading, just saying not, you know, no, you don't want to toot your own horn, but like, that's pretty amazing in and of itself, you know, just, but go ahead. No, but just always loving that creative side of it. And, you know, visually seeing like, Oh, you know, we could create these pictures and we can do this and we can do this formation. Like before, any of this was, you know, ABDC or So You Think You Can Dance or yep. World of Dance or anything like that ever came into play. But just visualizing that with, with just working with what you had, which was, you know, a traditional studio, maybe some cheerleading, maybe some, you know, just some friends that could break dance. Like I, you know, recruited these guys that could break dance mm-hmm. to be in, to dance with the girls and we were break dancing and some of them could like do a flip or a backflip. And I was like, okay, so we can do this. We can put this flip in there and I can teach you how to do this. And just, you know, a lot of break dancing. And back then it was a lot of break dancing too, because, um, you know, backspins and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so we, I taught myself and a bunch of other girls like how to break dance. So we were break dancing. Cause that was, the basis of hip hop back then was break dancing. It wasn't so much just straight choreography. I mean, you know. Yeah, you would you see know. a move and you'd be like, all right, I need to figure that out. And yeah. It's like Toronto. You couldn't go like, here's your 10 step process in YouTube. No, you right? couldn't YouTube it. Yeah. You just had to figure it out. And so we would figure it out. Powerful. Yeah. Yeah, to be able to do that. Yeah. Right? What you learn about your body and your creativity and just the way you process information is huge, which. Another tangent we possibly could go on, but just like yeah. how things are lacking from that perspective right now, where it's like oh, everything is spoon fed to yeah. you. Mm-hmm. It's spoon fed to you. Well, and then there came the VCR, and so then I would record things. You know, it was a VCR with the cord attached to it to the remote. Like yeah. it wasn't even a remote that you that you could like freehand. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. And so I would just rewind things a hundred times. Like I would try to record all the Janet Jackson videos and and just rewind it and watch it and rewind it and slow mo it. You know just that kind of stuff I like really like, studying uh, it like napoleon dynamite do you remember where he's watching a vcr oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's how we learned the whatever yes. dance routine that's how like, we did it and most people look at it like what what is that box and what is that playing back there yeah that's i mean that's literally how you that spent, is how we did it yeah years probably learning and yeah absorbing our version of youtube was mm-hmm. a vcr mm-hmm. on slow-mo with a remote that didn't even wasn't even wireless. Mm-mm, mm-mm. You couldn't lose it though, but yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's kind of how it started. And then yep. you know my family is in the dance business, so my mom at a very um, 
at a very young age. You know, my brother was a pro athlete, or he is a pro athlete now. He's a pro volleyball player, but he was so athletic, and he had so many incredible outlets as an athlete. He, you know, he ran track, and he, um, so he got to go to track meets, and he did, you know, he also ran uh, cross country, so he, you know, ran 5Ks all the time, and he got to really um, explore his sport, and he also got to compete against other people, which obviously we know makes you better Mm -hmm. when your competition makes you better, Um, and so we had nothing growing up, you know, we danced, 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 and, and, you know... um, we didn't know if we were good. We didn't know if we were bad. Mm-hmm. We didn't know. We we never, you know, saw the, yeah. the studios in the next town over or a studio in a big city. Like, we just didn't know. We thought we were pretty good, right? But there was no gauge for us. And so early on, my mom put me in a beauty pageant because I really wanted to perform. Like, you know. Because like yeah, they have a dance competition yeah. within that Which beauty is, pageant. Which is, you know, like 10% of the beauty pageant. Right. Literally like Little Miss Sunshine. And I, you know, she just bought me like this, like really simple dress. And, you know, combed my hair. Maybe put on some lip gloss. Right, and right. here I am in this pageant with these like, you know, like honey boo boo, totally. And <laughs> it was awful. And I performed and I loved it. And I love dancing on stage. And she was like, okay, so there has to be a better way that we're not putting six and seven year olds in beauty pageants and engaging their beauty. Obviously they're all beautiful and it's not really about that. It's more about, you know, their talent or, so she started a dance competition at an early age. Um, I was probably eight and seven or eight. And so she, and I love this story. So we lived in North Carolina and she, she had a um, green and brown station wagon. So she got in the station wagon and she spent like two days traveling to every city in North and South Carolina. And she would go to every phone booth in that town and she'd pull out the yellow pages for D. So she could get all the dance studio names, right? And so she collected all the yellow pages for she dance Googled, studios. Yeah, dance studios. That's mm-hmm. her version of Google. <laughs> yep. And so she went home and um, you know wrote letters and typed out letters on a typewriter and sent it out to all these studios and said, we're going to have this dance competition in Charlotte, North Carolina at the Hilton or something like that. I can't remember. And you're going to have professional judges and this is how much it costs and you know bring your studio and... Um, you know, fill out this form and mail it back to me, right? And so she did it. And she had a ton of studios come. I mean, a ton back then. It was like a four-hour competition, right? And so that was sort of the start. She had speakers in her trunk. She pulled out the speakers. She set up a table. And she did it all by herself as my dad was working. And How so, many would you say? Just to like, I don't really have a frame of reference. So, like, so, so she probably had, I've been going to say like eight different studios that yeah. came. So probably, you know, a hundred people were there. Right. And now just, to give Oh gosh, life. you know, she's in four different cities every weekend with, you know, um, three, 4,000 acts, not kids acts. That's so within crazy. one act could be, you know, 40, 50, 20 kids or whatever. That kind of growth is the biggest dance competition in the world. Right. Um, Cool. Cool. And she started it all, you know, which is, I I just see all these dance competitions everywhere. They're sprouting up everywhere in World of Dance and everything that's on TV. And I think, you know, my mom really started this. Sure. 
she really started this 42 years ago. No, no one was in this business, but now there's a ton of them. But she just wanted, you know, she wanted to give this platform for dancers. They didn't have it. And so um, that's that. So that gives you an idea of where I came from. Yeah. And, and how that started for me. But um, finally starting to compete and like really hone your craft and understand that there's other people doing this and comp- yeah, you know, not and compare then, yourself, but like you said, well, like competing. push yourself. Yeah. yeah. You know, See what other people learning we, probably learn from each yeah. other. Yeah. We weren't, you know, we realized we weren't that good. And so we would go back and work a, 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 a whole lot harder Yeah, and come back the next year better because of it. You know, um, did you do anything else besides dance and cheerleading or was that really your, no. like you just were engulfed in it? Like that, that was, was it. That was it. That okay. was it. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. And then I started, um, we're in the high school stage, right? Oh this yeah. Point, all right? through, mm-hmm. all through high school. So mm-hmm. what happens yeah. after high school? So I started in high school. I really started, um, loving, um, making doing costumes and construction. So mm-hmm. I got a neighbor to teach me how to sew. And so I started sewing in like the ninth grade. And then I was also had a prom dress business. So I would make prom dresses for everybody. Entrepreneur at heart. I oh love my it. gosh. Yeah, I would make prom in, yeah. dresses. Like I was like, you pay me what? Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm down. And so I was making prom dresses for everybody. And, and um, just the ability to self-teach. Let's just go ahead and say like, how is that? Not, oh that's my God. That's a in and of itself of like, huh, I'm going to go figure this out. I don't know how to do this. Let me go spend countless hours, more than likely of learning how to dance, countless hours of like, I'm going to teach myself. The idea of teaching myself how to sew actually gives me slight anxiety. Sewing <laughs> is like, hard. Yeah. Like I've seen people do it. I was like, nope. No. Yeah. Sewing yeah. is a craft, man. It's a dying craft. But right. Sewing is a craft. Um, Interesting. And so I, the idea of being a professional dancer at that age, I graduated from high school in 1990. It was you know, it was very vague as to what you would do and the opportunities, right? Like going out to LA and dancing in music videos and film and television, like wasn't so much a thing back then as it is now, Mm -hmm. or, you know, being able to go and train in LA. Like now you can just go and maybe not go to college if you're a dancer and you can go to LA and train and take classes at various different studios and, and continue your training as an adult. Um, but for, for us back then, it was just kind of like you did it in high school and then, you um, kind of moved on. And so yeah. I knew I wanted to go into costumes. So I went to school, UNCG, for clothing and textile design. So I sewed for the next four years. I did not know A that. lot. Yep, yep. A lot. So I have a degree in clothing and textile design. And um, yeah, a lot of sewing. But continued to teach dance all through college. Okay. I taught. Yeah. Yeah. And so... Um, the passion was, was not there. lost. It just ended up... Yeah. Yeah. And I... What I, I found... Um, close to where I went to school in Greensboro, there was a boys and girls club. And so I started to volunteer at the boys and girls club as a dance teacher. And so I realized these kids had a lot to teach me, you know? Um, so they knew, you know, movement quality that was much more, um, like hip hop than all the, you know, basically all the white kids I was teaching, Mm -hmm. you know? before so they had this like rhythm and this sort of um ability to you know they had seen their parents and and so we sort of meshed our worlds together because i knew how to put together a routine i knew how to count music i knew how to put a performance piece together so we started a hip-hop crew um when i was in college so for four years in college and then we were perform at like at basketball games at, at all different you're things. a hustler damn yeah so oh yeah and i'm still yeah. friends with a lot of those kids today yeah. 
Um, and so, yeah, and I mean, they could fearless, like tumble, back tucks, back flips. And so putting it all together, like was so fun, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I would teach twice a week at the Boys and Girls Club. And that was really, really fun. They taught me a lot. Like they knew like, but you know, like whatever, like cool dance was happening or whatever. Mm-hmm. They just knew a lot of stuff that I didn't know. And I knew a lot of stuff they didn't know. So we would really share with each other. And um, they taught me a lot. Yeah. I love that idea of just exposing yourself to different environments, whether it's dance or whether it's any kind of movement in general, like just being able to like expose yourself to something completely different and imagine what you could learn and then imagine what you could do if you'd actually mold those worlds together and create something, you know, For, in a way I, brand new. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah. Cool. So that was really fun. And then and then um moved out to LA and started a career in in costume design. Mm-hmm. So it worked. What made you move to LA? I know that's like a you know just you hear about that all the time. Eh, I'm just going to move to LA like Well, I interned on a film. Okay. In college, I interned on a film. I had a my mom was through her through dance um through one of the judges that worked for her that that was also a dancer. He was a writer. And he wrote a film about Dottie West, who was a big country star. I don't know okay. if you know her. Mm-hmm. But so he knew that I was interested in costuming. And it was a really costume-heavy film. And they shot it in Nashville. And so he asked if I wanted to intern. And I said, absolutely. So my first film was like... So what happened is Dottie West died. And so an actress played Dottie West. But all her friends played themselves. So it was Dolly Parton, Willie Nelson, Chet Atkins, um... Uh, oh, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones. It's a lot of big names. Loretta Lynn. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, and that was like, you know, not that I was into country music back then, but looking back, and it was like Kenny Rogers. Sure. And it was like, oh, wow. These are kind of a big deal. These, yeah. This is dope. Yeah. Like, looking back, you know, especially like with Dolly Parton. But that was my first film, and then I fell in love with it. I met somebody on that film, and he's like, I'm moving out to L.A. Do you want to come with me? And I said, yes. And we moved out to L.A. together. and um, You're just a doer, too. The, Goodness. The it's like, yeah, just history. bam, right? Like, sure. I mean, you have to. Yeah. You know? You have to. And you have to be open to that possibility, too. You know? Especially when you're you're young. I mean, I, my daughter's 21 right now. And she's, you know, I'm like, you got to go. You got to go. You can't second guess it. You can't worry mm-hmm. about, like, this is your time. This is your time. You've got to go. Um, and she's having lots of opportunities presented for her as well. So, yeah, you got to jump on it. Yeah, I love that concept. There's not really good, eh, perfect timing, you know. Like, oh, my no, god, Perfect times right now. Go do it. No. Yeah. Uh-uh. Yeah. Okay, so you're in L.A. I mean, yeah. we've got to circle back to a lot of stuff, but I, I love know, it. Right? I know. So doing costume design, where does that lead? And then how does that even bring you back? to Charleston where you're now where you now have a successful dance studio so let's let's connect those dots so yeah so I was in LA for like 13 years doing costumes I loved it um my last gig was that 70s show and love that show it's such a great show and um I after that show ended final season the eighth season I just looked at my husband I looked at Robert and I said because we, we always kind of knew we weren't going to raise our kids in L.A. And Georgia was eight and Hazel was three. And I looked at him and I said, you know, I think it's time. And he's like, yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think it's time. And so we, we packed up like pretty quickly. And um, more just doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right? yeah. 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 I mean, and 
it was really exciting, the idea of moving somewhere new. And I have family in Myrtle Beach, and I'm from the South. And Charleston just really felt right. And we wanted to live in a place, like we've talked about this, the opposite of LA. You know, it took me two hours to take my kid to a 45-minute dance class that was 10 minutes away. You know, like that was, yeah. we were done with that. Now you walk to your studio. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. so, it's so easy. To, so yeah, we found Daniel yeah. Island and um, we could walk and, you know, we just wanted that quality of life. And I really, I wanted a really great dance studio for my kids because, you know, now that they were getting a little older, like, you know, we always go back to what we remember from growing up, like the great memories that you have of playing whatever sport it is or doing whatever it is that you did. And was like, I want my kids to grow up in a dance studio. You know, those were my, my friends, my family, my support system. Like it just was, you know, Mm -hmm. every great memory I had came from, from dance, you know, give them Um, the same. I wanted to give them the same thing except hip hop. And I had this concept because there really is not a studio that exists like ours. So I wanted to take the dance studio, um, mold, but, um, but 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 change it up a lot so you know um a traditional dance studio you have to wear a leotard and tights and you have to take ballet which i love i think it's very very important but if you think about it you know not everybody it's like so many other things too other types of fitness and things that we do not everybody is going to prescribe to that right you've got you know not every kid is going to sign up for five hours of ballet and stand still in yeah. a bar. So automatically you've excluded so many kids that might benefit from dance, right? Mm-hmm. Hip hop to me is just so universal. It's music that everybody loves. It's what whatever plays on the radio. So it's already relatable to so many people. Like they're yeah, it's already, pop music, right? Yeah, it's just, is pop, basically it's just pop top 40. Yep. Yeah, it's just top 40. So anytime you hear a song that you love, you're like, oh, that's my song, right? Yep. Like immediately you've connected. Yep. You can wear shorts and tennis shoes and a t-shirt. Yep. You can come in with messy hair. It does not matter one bit. Yep. You're the and same you in that come in <laughs> yep. And you know, it's... And I let, like, everybody's too, you know, a lot of times at practice, like, kids sit on the bench or kids do this or whatever. Like, not everyone's in dance. Everyone's doing the same thing all the time, you know. There's no waiting. There's no nothing. There's no, no, you're all dancing all the time for one hour to music you love. You're, you know, you're, uh, you're raising your fitness level. There's just, like, so many pluses to it. Um, and what I love is that we get, you know, we get the tomboy, we get tons of boys. Well, you know that your son takes dance, Mm -hmm. but we get tomboys, kids that would never put on a leotard. Oh my God. Never put on a pair of tights in their lifetime. We get just such a like beautiful, like buffet of children that, um, are connected to what we do. So I wanted to try and structure a space where, you know, and, and dance is, you know, dance is definitely at the forefront of what I do, but sort of just making kids and people, because I teach adults too, trying to make them just comfortable in their own skin is really my goal. Yeah. You know? What do you think it is about dance? Like to go, you know, onto the, we'll call it the movement side of things, but like, what do you think makes it so appealing? Like, obviously there's people who say they like to dance or they don't like to dance. Probably arguably most people like to move to a rhythm in some fashion of regard you know what I mean no matter what because it is it's natural I think we're all born with it number one it's like in us 
you know, music and, and movement is, is in us. I hope it's in everybody, but I think it is in everybody. And to just sort of foster that again, it's like so easy because some things are not in you. Like, you know, some things are not, some things you have to build from scratch, but, but I think, uh, you know, movement and dance and music and rhythm and beats and things like that, they're just in us. Yeah, like it's when been a you, part of culture since the beginning, you know, I don't know the beginning of time, but probably very, yes. very, like since humans. You put on yeah. a song for a one-year-old and they bounce up and down. Like mm-hmm. it's there, it's in it. They're, they're in it, you it's know, and point. it just brings you, yeah, you can't like put on a song for a one-year-old. They will start moving yeah. and bouncing up and down, right? Um, what a better what better way to foster movement and fitness or anything like that? We've we talked about this way back when. This how like I think it was dance and like happiness were like very correlated. I forgot the exact study, but it was insane of like you know bringing about. You never see anybody dancing um, with yeah. a frown on their face. That's a good point. That's a very good point. How <laughs> could you? Yeah, there's you no way. Yeah, you literally probably can't. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. I mean, maybe you know ballet or something that's a little bit more serious. Sure. But um, but yeah, hip hop dancing to a top forty, you know, <laughs> probably not. Somebody's yeah. in a car bobbing their head. They're not. Yeah, they're definitely not um, sad at that point. They're, no, they're having a good time. No, and for me too, just um, I know my goal for my girls was for them to just be super, super confident young women. You know, I just it kills me when I see girls just you know so uncomfortable in their own skin and like standing with their arms crossed Mm -hmm. and just just like they can't look at someone in the eye they can't you know and 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 standing on stage and dancing in front of people it just like it immediately puts you in a different headspace if you can do that you can have a conversation with somebody you can stand up in front of your class and read a paper you can answer raise your hand and answer a question in class like it goes hand in hand like it really, really, really does. So fostering that and really, you know, and I love teaching the kids that are great. I love that. But I really love teaching the kids that are not great. Right. The the, the kid or the little girl, little boy, whatever that comes in and doesn't want to do anything at first. And then oh, six weeks later, or maybe a week I, of camp later, they're just moving. It's my you know, favorite like challenge crazy. ever. Right. And they're just loving it. And you're like, oh, I just had this amazing impact. And hopefully they it's continue. It's my favorite challenge ever. And it's like, yeah. you know, the same with anything really and with CrossFit. And we talk about this too. Yeah. Like, you know, we love training the people that are just badasses and stuff you know but we really like training the people that are just you know can't really do anything right right scared to need our help yeah yeah yeah. people that need your help you know and i think so many dance teachers and get caught up in that like you know i just want the really good kids and i want my team to be the best and the professional it's like you're missing the point, man. You're missing the point. They're they're going to be great. They're good. Mm-hmm. We're going to give them what they need, and they're good. They're going to be great. But these are the ones, you know. And just sort of teaching my younger teachers that too. Like it's really fun to teach the good kids, but but the real reward is teaching the ones that need you so much. Yeah, they definitely need you. Yeah, and that's what we talk about a lot on this podcast. Is just how like movement can affect. Um, or just health in general, how that affects confidence level, how that affects happiness, how it affects, you know, decreasing anxiety and like same thing, which I think almost more directly with dance, like just probably what some people think would vary, like going in front of a group of people and dancing, how much anxiety that would produce for most people. And if you can get them to the other side of that, the other there side are different problems, you know, arguably they're a different human being by the, by the end of that. And if you can learn that as a kid, 
right? And then grow up through that. I can only imagine what those life skills would bring to somebody who needs to do public speaking, who needs to, you know, have difficult conversations or whatever, be an adult. You know what I mean? Just would make things a lot easier. Mm -hmm. You have to get out of your bubble. You have to. There's no way, right? You can't hide in the back, you know? It's, yeah, it's so true. It was saying like coming to the other side of that. Yeah. And once you, I feel like once you do come to the other side, you're there. It's glorious. It's where you're living. Yeah. It's where you're living. Um, yeah, I see a lot of kids, especially in Daniel Island, we're such a small community mm-hmm. that, you know, kind of quit early on and, and just kind of, you know, they'll come up to me or I'll see them at Publix or wherever and just like, oh, I wish I would have never quit dance. And it's like, I know, I know. But take what you learned, take what you had, you know. And then I see, you know, early on I had a bunch when Georgia was in um, – um, like fourth or fifth grade, she got all her guy friends who are all like athletes now and whatever. And they took dance, you know, to a year or two. And all, you know, I see all of them now they're like 21 years old, 20 years old. And they're like, Oh my gosh, I am so glad I took dance from you. I'm so glad I had that year with you. I'm so glad. And they'll tell me stories like at the prom, I was the dopest guy in the middle of the circle. Everybody was like screaming my name mm-hmm. at this wedding. I just went to, yeah, people always I dread the circle it, at the wedding. You know? right? Yeah. And I mean, and I always say like dance as a life skill. Uh, yeah, it's, you're going to see it for the rest of your life. Yeah. When you are 90 and yeah. you are having a birthday party or a wedding anniversary, people will be dancing. They will not be playing lacrosse. Right. They will not be swimming. They will not be playing soccer. They will not be... Deadlifting. (laughs) None of that. But I tell you what, they will be dancing. So it's a a life skill, you know, that it will take you, you know, you will use it forever and ever and ever, even if you just have like a snippet of it. Yeah, um, I couldn't agree more. We had one guy who's a former uh, NFL football player, and he talked about how dance gave him the footwork that he needed in order to be like an NFL professional NFL football player. It's the guy I know, right? Yeah, I think yeah. we've met him before too. Uh-huh. Yeah, and it was, was I mean just the footwork, the coordination, what you learn movement wise, it was just like, okay, do you want to be a better athlete? Like now we're talking about cool stuff. You should probably go take dance class, right? Like with that too. I feel like that was in a movie at some point. Like, you know, one of those like eighties movies where oh, like for the football sure. team, like, Oh, they need to get better. And we're just going to take them to ballet, know, take them to ballet so they can learn how to like move their body a lot yeah. better. Yeah. I so a dance is hard. People underestimate it. Like it's not hard in, um, in, in just, you know, the mind aspect of it, but, but hard physically, Physically, it's it, it's challenging to your body, and it does things that I think nothing else really does. You move in different ways that are not, you know. P.S. I love that because mm-hmm. we're all very structured, right? Everything's we in a are. chair. Everything's like even you know CrossFit or just working out in general. It's very like uniform in one way. You know, in dance, you have to move your body in ways which it was meant to move that way in. Completely different ways that if anybody was like, oh, you should squat like that, be unnatural. But in dance, it's like very normal. So I think it's just so important for people to get that. We'll call it unnatural movement, although that's a misnomer. But people understand what I mean. You should just move your body. You wouldn't have this capability to move and turn if you weren't supposed to use it. Mm -hmm. Right? And so I think dance is such a cool way to attack that problem, so to speak. I mean, you know. It is. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So... I started out with eight kids, my daughter and a few of her friends in a little studio here on Daniel Island. Um, 
and now we have about 550. So um, there's something to it, right? Yeah. People must enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, there's something to yeah. it, you know, and I never ever set out, and, and this is an honest to God truth, I never set out to have a dance studio. That was never my goal when I moved back to Charleston. I just didn't, you know, I knew it because it's hard. I mean, owning a business is hard, but, but um, yeah. you know, and that was my mom's biggest piece of advice to me is don't ever open a dance studio. Don't do it. Right. You know, and here I am because, you know, just dealing with personalities and parents and things like that. And everybody thinks that their kid is um, the best and mm-hmm. everybody wants the most, this, the, the, you know, the best for their children, which we do give them the best, you know, but I mean, my parents are awesome at my studio. They're really, really awesome. And I think that the, yeah, there's no like crazy parents or anything like that. Um, I but think it's because of the nature of what we do. And yeah. Just juggling multiple stand. things. You can't make yeah. everybody, I mean, you do the best you can, but you can't make everybody happy all the time. And, um, I have no doubt as, you know, a proprietor of your offerings that, you know, you give exceptional care to, I mean, yes. come on, you're giving some solid, like no kid left behind kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like right. everybody is a part of that process. Right. I hope so. I hope so. So in the, in the, in the process of creating, you know, dance classes, we've really tried to create a community, a place where kids feel safe and adults too. And we teach a ton of adults too. Um, just a place that kids can come in and just, you know, become whatever they want to become, whatever persona it is that they want to be, whatever they want to be. And then, you know, they don't, after you, like, again, when we cross that threshold back through the door, they don't ever go back to the way it was before. They're just really, really, really Mm -hmm. confident, awesome um, kids and adults. So I love that about the studio. I'm reading a book that was recommended to me from another podcast interview e or whatever it's called like conscious parenting what we don't have is a lot of unstructured kind of like just playtime so to speak and i really feel like what you have in that studio i mean it's structured of course but like it's also somewhat unstructured where like they get to kind of be themselves interact socially you know like there's a lot more freedom in your studio than there would be in what you're talking, this regimented, One, you know yes, what I mean? 100%. Which I kind of love, which I think the yeah. world is lacking right now. That's the beauty you know? of sort of the, the hip-hop dance is that, you know, yes, we do give them the basic steps. We do give them a structure, if you will, but then there's so much freedom within that. And Even that's the freestyles that you yeah. do. Think oh, about for, that, yeah, right? Like, sure. be creative. Do exactly what you feel like doing. You know right. what I mean? Like, and just the fact that these kids will get out and just no inhibitions whatsoever and just go for it. Yeah. It's like, to me, it's just it's such a beautiful thing. It's the thing. best to watch that. It you know is what really I mean? cool. Just like watch my, like, it's really I cool. hope, you know, you, as we get older, we tend to lose that. We, we get do. more in a bit, you know what I mean? But like, I just hope like Liam every single year will never lose that. My, my high school boys still have it. Yeah. They still have right. that. So right. And that's winning up, right there. They don't know there. any different. Right. They Let's hope that's different. the case for all of us. We, none of us could, because, could just get out there and literally just freestyle dance anytime, anywhere, any place. Like I want to be just like that, right? right. Like, that's how the world should be, right? It really if you kind of look at the ideal. It's really, like no judgment. Really, nobody is judging you anyway. But it's more of like no. what's, what's in our own heads and our own anxiety and our own fears. Oh gosh, we're so yeah. we're yeah we are we are our own worst enemies for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I love what's happening. I want to circle back to this. How and you tell me if I'm wrong. That really hip hop dance or maybe even dance in general with shows like 
America's Got Talent or World of Dance or whatever. I don't watch a ton of them, but um, there's becoming more of the forefront. Like it's oh. more, let's call it cool or whatever quotation marks, right? And that's got to be good for business, got to be good for movement. It's got to, it's just so cool for me to see. For for sure. Um, you know, when hip hop in, in like the 90s, when hip, everybody just thought hip hop was a fad. And it was just a fad and it was going to, you know, it was going to go away <laughs> right, right. and it was just a fad. They thought hip hop music and, you know, and hip hop dance, like, but you know, everything's hip hop. Now, 80% of dance jobs are hip hop, 80%. So every, um, concert tour that you see, Beyonce, Justin Timberlake, Usher, Janet, it, it's all hip hop. Everything that you see, uh, even, even some Taylor like Swift, yeah, even, you some know, country music is oh kind of going gosh, right. That Old Town Road song or whatever, like one hundred percent. So now we're seeing that these kids could, you know, follow careers and have, you know, a great time and travel the world and see the world and dance and, you know, live their dreams and and it's it's really cool. It's really interesting and it's awesome to see that all these big artists are employing a ton of dancers like like, there's a lot of dance jobs out there now but yes like world of dance i mean the past two uh season winners of world of dance have been hip is a hip-hop crew really okay it's a hip-hop crew so yeah what people are seeing now that it's not a fad and that um that the doors are opening for a lot more people to try it out yeah Uh uh-huh so it's yeah we're finally breaking through and Dads are finally okay with their kids, with their boys taking dance, right. which is like it's such a weird thing that people are like still caught up in that. Right. But, which I think um, is interesting. I'm just, maybe I'm in a bubble. I'm like, I, there was no doubt about, of course Liam's oh going to take hip hop. Like why? A boy can dance? I don't see one downside to that. Yeah. Like uh, what? Why? Unbelievable. What? Yeah. Like you're already killing it if you can dance. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, but even in the South, I mean, things here, you know, we're. They're still old school in a lot of ways. You know, it's not New York. School. It's not whatever mm-hmm. L.A. So mm-hmm. it's just cool to see it thrive here it is. locally, it right? Is. And just see Charleston. Well, and I always sort of put it into perspective. Like I've talked to like a few different like entrepreneurial groups and, and things like that. And, and I'm, you know, I said, so I started a hip hop studio on an island with 8,000 white people in the deep south. <laughs> right. So whatever it is that you want to do, you can do it. Right. You know? Right. Don't ever think it, but like, yeah, let's be honest. This is a small little city, small little town. Yeah. And we are in the South. If anybody would have told, you know, whatever age you, be like. Here's my business plan. Yeah. Here's where you should open and here's what you should do. They'd be like, uh, definitely don't do that. You should probably go somewhere else. It's not your target demographic, whatever you want to say. Mm-mm. And then now just to be able to, you even know. if Even in Mount Pleasant where there's what, you know, 100,000 people in Mount Pleasant or whatever, probably would have been way smarter for me, you know, right. to, to do that there and to get all those kids. But, you know, um, I was jumping around everywhere for so long, going to so many different places. And three years ago when we built our space, you know, it was just kind of one of those like build it and they will come build it and people will drive and I felt like I had done enough outreach and gone to every school I went to every school in the beginning Mm -hmm. taught after school classes and trailers and you know so people could get a little taste you know dangle that carrot Mm -hmm. a little bit so people would be like oh okay well now because I wanted a space a beautiful space that they could come and get a full experience, you know, to step into my space with the sound and the lighting and the, you know, and the mirrors and the, and the big inspirational quotes all over the wall and, and to really get the, you know, to step into 
a different universe right. into into our universe. Um, so that was a big leap to do that, but um, definitely that that's that's a good segue to kind of what I wanted to also kind of dive into is like what can people kind of expect, right? So when they kind of walk into the studio, we'll call it, let's do one kind of for kids classes and even one for like an adults, right? Mm-hmm. Who's just like they come in and. and what does that first class look like or what can they expect or, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, and people are always so nervous because, you know, they always say, oh my God, I'm not as good as those people on Instagram. Well, let's just, let's just put that into perspective. I'm not going to put anybody that totally sucks on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants to see that. Right. So just know that I do put the 2.0 version of Peace of Hip Hop on Instagram right, because right. that's just kind of what you do. <laughs> there are so many different levels. But what I have done is um, I've created, for both of my my adult program and my kids program, I've created, you know, all my years of dance, you know, ballet, tap, jazz, everything, all my years of dance, tumbling, um, all my years of CrossFit, which I've been a CrossFitter for 13 years. Yep. Um, and all my years of taking, you know, yoga and Pilates and, you know, just spin in different classes, you know, I've just been like a fitness, you know, crazy person my whole life trying to find what worked for me. Mm-hmm. And I sort of put it all into our, a, a hip hop class. And so, you know, you come in and you do like a dancer warm up, which I think is like literally the best warm up ever. Way more dynamic. Ever yeah. It's yeah. just, you know. Um, now so those warm ups are cool. You were doing them way before. They oh my gosh. My mom was doing it. Yeah. yeah. More in, movement in, in, based. You know, 1977. Yeah. You're not trying to touch your toes or static stretch. No. Very dynamic warm up. And then we do a lot of just across the floor, which I call it follow the leader. You're just doing like basic movement steps across the floor with me and still getting warm. And then we do like a tiny little CrossFit slash warm-up section where we do some body weight stuff. We'll do some squats, some push-ups, just to, just to get our entire body warmed up. Mm-hmm. Some burpees, a few things like that. So it's still considered a warm-up. Yep. And then we'll learn a routine and... Um, the great thing about learning a little piece of choreography or a little routine is that it's so repetitive. And in the beginning, you think, oh, I'll never get this. But then, you know, cut to 30 minutes later, which you don't even know 30 minutes has gone by. You're like, oh, I've done it 100 times. Mm-hmm. So now I'm killing it, right? You know, and so it's that repetitive. Let me do it again. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. And you sort of settle. Your body sort of settles into that movement pattern um, throughout the class. And then by the end of it, you look down and it's over and you've done an hour and a half workout and you're dripping sweat and then we do like a really nice and so then we take turns doing the you know we split up into groups and you can watch other people do it and see how they do it and like oh that looks really cool I love how he does that I'm going to steal that from him and you come out and you do it or whatever and I mean you can jump in if you want to if you just want to be an observer at that point you can um and that's when I shoot a video for the you know for the kids that that have been there a little more a little more um Mm -hmm. And then at the end, we do like a really nice cool down. We turn the lights off. It's more of sort of a yoga cool down. We do like a little meditation and sort of thank our bodies for for doing what they do for us and just kind yeah. of, you know, try to um, finish off with just some really positive thoughts and um, it's awesome. Yeah. And so, you, you know, I like everything to, there. Yeah, yeah, I like to take, I feel, I, I feel like my classes are just sort of like a journey and they kind of, you know, we gradually come up and then we hit the, we hit the, we hit the pinnacle <laughs> yeah. and then we come down and, uh, you know, and it, they just like literally go by so fast. Sometimes yeah. I feel like an hour and a half is not even enough. Yeah. 
And like for those people not who, even enough. who may not like to work out, that's a great way to be like, hey, just come, just dance. And there's so many levels of people in there. Just, there's just so many levels, you know. If you're a little, you, you know, if, if you um, are a seasoned dancer, you push yourself a little bit harder. If you're not, you just try to get the basic movement quality, you mm-hmm. know. And just like anything, people are like, oh my God, I wasn't so good that time. It's like, well, you know. Have you ever done anything just once and killed it? I don't think so. Probably not. It is yeah. probably not worth it if you've just done it once. And but we always say like after three or four classes, things start clicking because then you start to you know recognize the movement pattern and the different steps and things like that. But but just you know I always say like, do you expect to go to CrossFit one time and just like crush it? Right. No, no. you're not going to do a muscle up the first nothing time. Work, yeah, yeah, nothing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've got to work for stuff, or it's not even worth having if you don't have to work for it. Yeah. So nobody's going to be great at it the first time. You're not. You don't. You know. You're not great at Soul Cycle the first time you go to it, or Pilates, or anything really, Zumba, or whatever it is, whatever your jam is. Mm-hmm. You got to do it a few times yeah. to be yeah. good at it. Yeah, I love that. I mean. Well, another thing that has been lost, I feel like, is just new skill acquisition, right? You get into your 30s or 40s and mm. do the same thing all the time and, like, you never learn anything new. And there's something really powerful about kind of being a beginner all over again, right? Whether it's with oh dance or jujitsu or CrossFit, right? The point maybe somewhat drew you to CrossFit is, like, you learn new skills. you got to learn all this Every stuff time. you've never learned before. And, and that's why I love and CrossFit. it's infinitely scalable, right? It's like, you know. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you can make it hard forever. You can make dance hard forever. Nobody's, hard forever. Nobody's the, you know. There's no pinnacle. Like, there's not, I've reached my 100% no. of being a dance, you know. Absolutely yeah. not. Yeah, and it is really comparable to CrossFit, and I think that's probably why I love CrossFit so much. Is it like, oh, boy, I'm going to work at my double unders today, my right. toes to bar, like my handstands, you know. There's always something you can get better at. Yeah. Always something you can yeah. get better at. You I'll, never max out on that. Yeah. That's a, a definitely an unspoken benefit to what you got going on there for sure which i think it's maybe not be the sexy part right but like it's probably one of the most important parts in my opinion yes yeah yeah and then you know we talk about you know also just learning choreography and keeping your brain really sharp i mean there's so many studies that are that show that dancing and like remembering and learning is you know great for alzheimer's great for dementia like great to like have that like pattern you know just Mm -hmm. to remember and learn those things because you know we're I have a lot of women my age and they're like, oh my God, you know, they come and take a class for the first time and they're like, how do you remember that? And to me, it's just like, I just, I, I remember, I know what comes after the next thing. It's just like, that's the way my brain works. Yep. Um, I'm sure it, you know, it sucks. It's so many other things my brain does, but, <laughs> but just sort of that, you know, it's kind of like Scrabble, but in dance, right, you know, right, yeah. that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. It keeps you it keeps you very sharp because you have to be thinking two steps ahead, like what's coming up next, right? What's coming up next, you know? Um, While you're still moving and yes. doing things, mm-hmm. yeah. No, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a good segue, and we have to wrap up because an hour is almost up. It kind of flew by, so um, I can that's talk. yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. Um, the so what I ask everybody is what your definition of healthy is, right? And so we kind of just talked about all these things and all these benefits to kind of dance and you know I, I'm just really curious what you would have to say on that subject so if you look at a healthy person or you create a definition of somebody who is healthy you know our typical definition is absence of sickness and we know that that's not necessarily true right that's just like right. maybe square one but like if you think of a healthy person like what does that look like to you or how would you define that 
Well, I think a healthy person is a happy person, um, for sure. I think I would define it as happiness, um, um, you know, in, and in our world and in our dance world, and this is something that I've often struggled with and, you know, that people think that healthy looks like something, you know, it looks like a thin person or mm-hmm. it looks like someone that, you know, wears a, or weighs, you know, what you see pounds, on Instagram, what do you see and, on a magazine, right? you know, and gosh, I mean, as I get older, that is so not the definition of what healthy is. I, I know so many unhealthy people that might look good on the outside, but I think that, that mental, mentally, um, being happy is, is, is really is healthy. I think doing the things that you love to do, I think having, figuring out the things that you love to do is really important. sometimes really hard. Yeah, it is really hard. And that comes from just experimenting and trying new things. Like we said, you Mm -hmm. know, and again, like running into so many people that are like, Oh my gosh, I've always wanted to take your class. I'm like, if you've if you've always wanted to take my class, why aren't you doing right, it? Right, right. You know, like why aren't you you finding it? And so you you just you just never know and being open to new things and trying new things and pushing yourself and not falling into that like I'm too old or I'm not fit enough or, or I'm not the time or, or just yeah. just getting out of that space in your head um and just taking care of yourself um is 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 healthy to me and whatever that looks like to you um but doing things that you love to do and making whatever type of fitness that you choose to do something that you look forward to and something mm-hmm. not something that you dread right um totally. because obviously we know it's a domino effect one affects the other if you're really um if you're loving your workout then you're probably going to eat healthy because you want to feel good so you can be better at your you know you want to be a better crossfitter you want to be a better dancer so you get more sleep so you don't feel like shit the next day or whatever yeah curse on this yeah okay and so um you know uh, and it's i think that it's also a misconception that um healthy is it's something that you have to work for Constantly, you yeah. gotta kind of always kind of figure it out and, and work towards whatever that looks like to you. Yeah, mentally and physically. Yeah, but but mentally is a is a big one. Those those were good. <laughs> those were good. I mean, the thing that I almost want to circle back to, and it's kind of you know that journey, which is health, and like even kind of your entrepreneurial journey. Like I feel like, you know, energy and passion creates more energy and passion. And it's like this positive flywheel that if you can get that flywheel going, you know what I mean. Like if you getting getting stuff done. I'm trying not to curse. Getting yeah. stuff done and then you got more energy that, you know, it creates more energy and it just continues to get how you got from 8 to 550 was just like doing the things that you love and doing the things that you were passionate about. Of course it was a grind, right? But like you're doing the stuff you like. And so if you work out and your movement do stuff you like because the more stuff you do like, the more you're going to do more stuff and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Just like you know, two kind of like paths that I think people need to remember. Um, I just love that you focused on happiness because that's definitely the, the thing that will – it is, and, on. and yeah, and I, you know, you know this, I know this. Where I'm getting older and close to almost almost fifty, so it's like, you know, I don't care what I look like, I, because I just want to feel good. Yep. And you know, I talk to so many young people, and they're like, oh, I don't want to warm up, or oh, I don't want to do this, or I want to lift this, or whatever. I'm like, listen. If you blow that knee out or you blow that shoulder out and you don't feel good, like yeah, you may not care now. You're gonna you care may later. not care now, but yeah. you just just waking up and feeling great in your body is 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 being healthy. Yeah, yeah, and that's challenging. It takes constant mm-hmm. self care, kind of mm-hmm. what you alluded to. Yeah. All right, let me get some. I'll try to get all these spitfire out before okay. we get cut off. 
what are you best at? Oh my god! I know. I love these. I love these because I love making people think. At? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I think I am best. I feel like I'm a pretty good teacher. Besides sewing, I feel like um, I hopefully, I hopefully am good, am good at making people feel good about themselves. Yeah, that would be my goal. And I think those go hand in hand with teaching. Is, for yeah, sure. making people feel really good about themselves. What do you suck at? What do you struggle with? You know, like if you could pick one thing. Managing money. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I like it. How about this one? What is the number one thing the public should do to maintain their health and fitness? You can only pick one thing. It's another one of my favorite questions because it's really interesting to see what people focus on. And there's no wrong answer, obviously. Dance more. Like it. Like it. Mm-hmm. All right. Here's... Imagine if everybody was dancing everywhere. Right. If we had like a tribal clothing. dance every evening. In the grocery happy... store. Yeah. Or like a DJ. And we're just like dancing through the grocery store, shopping for groceries. Yeah. I definitely dance more before, you know, I mean, I, um, I was never, I was always okay with dancing, but, um, now that my kids want to dance more, yeah. we're dancing all the time. So it's, it's cool to see. What is your walkout song? Walk it out. <laughs> Perfect. Uh-huh. One of my favorite songs. Yes, I forgot about that song. How could I forget? Oh, yeah. What's your What's your favorite cartoon? The Jetsons. The Jetsons. I've not heard that one. Oh my gosh, The Jetsons. Futuristic meals that are a pill that you just swallow. Yes. <laughs> That'd be very efficient with time. Mm-hmm. I had that conversation with Nate. I wish I could just like, yeah, yeah take a pill and just be done. Just move on. I got too much to do. Last TV show you watched. Um, do you watch TV? Yes, okay. I do. I do watch TV. Um, it was the documentary about the um, the Brooklyn Five when they see us. Okay, it's so good. All right, I love every. Yeah, it's not the Brooklyn Five, the Central Park Five that were wrongly accused. It's a four part series. Yes, I, it is we so dope. It. Okay, it's so good. I'll put that on my list. What is the uh, last book you read? Oh, Lord. I hate reading. <laughs> do you I listen do. to books? I do listen to books. Okay, usually that's usually one or the other. I do listen to books. Well, is there one you'd recommend? How about that? Oh, <laughs> gosh. My husband reads all the time. Yeah, he does. All the time. Can you pick one that he likes? Um... You know, I probably, I had to read, I read Siddhartha again because my daughter was reading it for school. So, okay. Um, you know, there's a lot of great conversations that come along with Siddhartha, so. I don't know that book. I'll have to look it up. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. How can, um, last question, how can people find out about you or learn more about Peace, Love, Hip Hop? Just like, you know, shout out, all that kind of stuff. PeaceLoveHipHop.com. Or Instagram, it's all, it's the same, piece of hip-hop on Instagram, which I think is actually better because you get a nice little look into our studio and what right. it looks like and what you're going to get. Um, but if you're, yeah, if, the, if you're the least bit interested or curious, um, you should come. Yeah. Try new yeah. things. Dance a little bit more. Yeah. My wife's Smile not a, a big dancer, more. but she's taken a couple classes and really enjoyed it every time she yeah. comes. So. Never, no one's ever walked out of my studio and said I hated that. Right. That was the worst. I'm never coming back. Yeah. No. And, and, yes. and they've said that about other things. Sure. You know? <laughs> People have said that about other things. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs>
All right. Thanks, Angel. That was that was awesome. Thank you. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the Healthy Charleston podcast. Don't forget your body is resilient, strong, and adaptable. The way to better health care and a healthier you is education and empowerment. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, we'd love for you to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Maybe even leave some comments if you want to find out more about us and our Health and Human Performance Center. Please check out madetomovept.com. Talk to you later. What's up, everybody? Eve here. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Healthy Charleston Podcast. If you did, we would love for you to leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. And please leave us any comments. We're always looking to improve or recommend a guest. Yes, we take recommendations. Also, if you want to learn a little bit more about us and our health and human performance clinic, where we do physical therapy and performance training, please go check out madetomovept.com. Again, that's made, the number two, movept.com. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon.